Welcome, 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 boys and girls, geeks and nerds, to another all-new edition of geek to me Radio. Today we are joined once again in the studio by Tom Stockman from We Are Movie Geeks, talking about a special event, movies, TV, and the toys they inspire at the Missouri History Museum. Next week, stand by. Welcome for those of you listening in the St. Louis area on 1260 AM. We appreciate your listening. For those of you streaming us online through either the mobile app, TuneIn Radio app, or on the website, geektomeradio.com, thank you very much. And of course, those of you listening after the fact in the podcast version, either on Podomatic or on iTunes, we appreciate your support as well. My guest has been in the studio with me before, uh, a couple months back when Mm -hmm. we did the King Baggett tribute at the Missouri History Museum, and he's back again with a brand new event at the Missouri History Museum. Once again, from the screen to the playroom, movies, TV, and the toys they inspire, Mr. Tom Stockman from We Are Movie Geeks. Thanks for coming all the way down, sir. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So as soon as I saw the event, you mentioned Mm -hmm. it uh, that was going on. This is right up my alley because I'm a, a toy collector. I'm a movie geek. I love TV shows. And there are, like I said, we could probably spend two or three hours sure. discussing this subject. So what got you into collecting toys and uh, mem- movie memorabilia? Well, probably uh, my lifetime uh, love of movies, most likely. I mean, when I was a kid, I was born in 1961, so I had an, you know, an average number of toys when I was a little kid. Um, and then I went off to college and didn't think too much about my toys. And I, I think my mom probably gave them away or sold them in a garage <laughs> sale or something, which is a story you hear all the all time. All the time. I think parents today are a little more aware of uh, you know the value of these things. People are in general. But back then in the, in the early 80s, uh, nobody knew about these things. We didn't have eBay and that kind of thing. So all, all my toys got thrown away. And then when I got out of college, I graduated from college in 84, um, I sort of became a, a little bit obsessed with getting back some of the toys I had when I was a kid, and uh, so I started collecting again. And now I've—that's that was thirty years ago, and I've got this big collection, and it's great. It's amazing how quickly it all adds up to when you start collecting. Oh, I'll just get this thing. Yeah. I'll get this thing, and all of a sudden you've got an entire basement it, full of. stuff. It gets away from you. It does. Yeah, but fortunately, I have a big basement. My wife and I bought our house. Uh, 1999, and uh, that was one of the criterion of the houses we were looking yes. at. What's, what would be a good room for Tom to display his <laughs> toys that's like downstairs? So we were really looking for a house that had a big finished basement, and sure enough, we found the perfect house. And So all my stuff's in the basement. It doesn't really make it upstairs, but that's okay. There's plenty of room down there. So I had all my toys stored in my mom's basement, and mm-hmm. she just recently moved into a different oh, yeah. house, 
And I didn't realize how much stuff I had yeah. until I had to move it from uh-huh. her old house to her new house. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's uh, cumbersome to think about all mm. the stuff I have. I hope I never have to move it again. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. So what's, uh, do you have a favorite uh, I don't want to say a favorite item in your collection, but you have a favorite genre uh, yeah, you collect. I, I, I love um, vintage monster toys from the 60s. Now, of course, I'm a movie buff, and I'm an old horror movie buff, and I love mm-hmm. the old classic uh, universal horror movies from the 30s and 40s, Frankenstein, Dracula, The Wolfman, uh, etc. And now, when those movies were made in the 30s and 40s, they were, they were, those movies were marketed for adults. So they didn't make toys. Right. I mean, really, in the 30s and 40s and most of the 50s, they didn't make toys from movies and TVs except Disney and, and animated stuff. Those were pretty much the only t- movies that were made into toys uh, before the 60s. So, but in the late 50s, all those monster movies were sold to TV. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they found a new generation, a new audience, kids. And kids loved monster movies in the late 50s and early 60s. So then, oh, there was Famous Monsters of Filmland magazine came out. And that was sort of the Bible for all these monster kids, as they're mm-hmm. collectively known. And uh, in the back of Famous Monsters from the late 50s and early 60s. I have every issue of Famous Monsters, by the way. <laughs> um, there was these ads for these great monster toys, beginning with the Aurora Frankenstein model. That was pretty yes. much the first Frankenstein. That was first monster mo- monster toy, I should say. And that was in 1961. And, and originally, you could only order it from the back of Famous Monsters of Filmland. And it sold millions and millions of units. That hmm. was so popular. So Aurora... This, this model kit company made, Drac- made more Dracula and Frankenstein and the Creature from the Black Lagoon and the Wolfman and King Kong and Godzilla and the Bride of Frankenstein and the Witch, et cetera, et cetera. So those model kits were huge. And, uh, and then there were other monster toys. There was Frankenstein and Dracula board games and jigsaw puzzles and uh, the, the Mark's battery-operated battery uh, Frankenstein toy that mm-hmm. actually shows up in an episode of uh, The Munsters. Herman thinks it's his baby. He thinks, <laughs> it's my favorite episode of The Munsters. Herman thinks Lily is pregnant, so, but she's not. Remember that one? Yes, and I then, do. And then Eddie's friend comes over, and he brings the Mark's battery-operated Frankenstein for them to play with. And, and Herman sees it walking around, and he thinks it's his baby. And he, <laughs> he picks it up. He goes, my baby, it looks just like me. And, and its head pops off on his spring. He goes, oh, that happened to me when I was a baby. <laughs> um, but but back, to, back to the monster toys, you know, everything, you know, little vinyl wallets and soakies and just all kinds of stuff. Um, so, but but yes, me what my favorite. I, I'd say of all the toys I collect, my favorite are my vintage '60s monster toys, and I've got a lot of them. So, is there are there still pieces that you're missing? Like if you were, oh um, sure. I mean, they've gotten so ridiculously expensive. Uh, I mean, if you got the money, you can buy. Them. That's the thing about collecting. I started collecting in you know about around '84, '85, and that was before eBay. eBay really didn't come around until about you know 1999 or around there. And, uh, you know, it was really a challenge finding old toys. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really had to work at it. it right. but, that was, but that was part of the fun. It was the thrill of the hunt. You know, I would go out and, oh, I, I worked downtown. And on my lunch hour, I would jump into my car and I would drive around North City and to all these thrift shops and Goodwills and mm-hmm. old junk shops that used to be down in the city. And I would find this stuff all the time. Um, but now it's, you know... So people are so aware of of, of the value right. of these things. I, mean, I could find things at garage sales back in the eighties. You can't find anything at a garage sale. I used to go out to the Belleville Flea Market yeah. every Saturday, and I would fill my car up with vintage sixties <laughs> toys. Now you got if if you go out to the Belleville Flea Market and you see a six a nice sixties toy, 
you know, the dealer's going to want an arm and a leg for it. So the, the whole landscape of collecting has changed so much. Uh, but sure, there's still tons of stuff I'd love to have, but I, you know, frankly, I can't afford it. So with eBay, because we talked about that before mm-hmm. the show started a little bit, kind of has really, like you said, changed the landscape yeah, of collecting. Definitely. It's kind of a double-edged sword because you can find a lot more stuff yeah. without driving around. But at the same time, it, yeah. it takes a little bit of the thrill it out does. of it. It, it. it definitely does. Oh, yeah. You know, if, if, you know, if you got the money, it's yours. But, right. Yeah. And then you get bidding wars and it just gets a little out of hand. It's kind of fun finding that unique diamond in the rough. Uh-huh. Because I'll still occasionally go to garage sales if mm-hmm. I pass one by. And I just recently found a uh, an, uh, Spider-Man, the first appearance of Miles Morales in the comic books. Oh, yeah. And it was in their quarter bin. I'm like, uh, and then they let me have it. They said, well, it's, you know, it probably shouldn't have been there, but you'd go ahead. Yeah. But it's that, that thrill of, ah, oh, look what I got. Oh, yeah, it, it, Occasionally, it'll still happen. No def- no doubt about it. But it just used to happen all the right. time. Yeah. And you're paying a lot more when it does oh, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, glad I, I'm glad I started collecting you know, 30 years ago or 32 <laughs> or 33 years ago and not, and not 20 years ago, for one thing, because I really got a bulk, the bulk of my collection kind of before eBay as far as the really good stuff goes. I mean, but even you know, antique malls. You, you could find stuff, and now you can't find anything in antique malls. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. So in the picture, you've got some of the lunch boxes, and I know you posted one on yeah. Facebook too. Um, yeah. Do you have what's I guess your most valuable lunch box? Do you have one that's well? I that, the lunch boxes is funny because when I when I graduated from college, like I said, I started collecting. That was really the first thing I started collecting was lunch boxes, and um, I had. This was before I got married. I had over 300 lunchboxes, and I lived in this little house in Dogtown. And my kitchen was floor-to-ceiling lunchboxes <laughs> on all three walls. And it was great. And, and the lunchboxes are fantastic. But then when I got married, my wife you know, I moved into uh, – my wife and I bought a house. I, there, there was no room. There was no way we were going to display 300 lunchboxes. You just kind of make these kind of compromises, right. I guess. Uh, so I hung on to my – I hung on to maybe my 30 – the cream of my collection, mm-hmm. uh, my 30 or 40 favorite lunch boxes. And um, ironically, we were just talking about how, you know, my mom threw away all my toys right. from the 60s. The one toy that survived my childhood was my Batman lunchbox. Um, when I was four or five years old, Batman with Adam West came on. Yeah. And I was obsessed with Batman. You know, that's all I, that's all I thought about or talked about was Batman. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, my parents got me the Batman lunchbox. And my mom kept it in the cabinet somewhere. And then after college, there it was. So I still have my Batman lunchbox. And in 1996, I actually took it out to a, a comic book show over in Mount Vernon, Illinois. And Adam West was there, and he signed it. Nice. Yeah, so I've got that. So that's the only. In fact, my joke is I, when I die, I want to be cremated, and I want my ashes to be put in the Batman lunchbox. <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. But as far as value goes, I, I, I think the Star Trek lunchbox is actually my most valuable lunchbox. That's, that's a hard one to find for some reason. They must not have made as many. Hmm. It's like the Lost of Space lunchbox, which came out the same year, is a lot easier to find than the Star Trek one. And part of it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of lunchbox collectors that want it, but there's also a lot of Star Trek collectors sure. that want it. So it's it's desirable uh, on a number of levels. But I, I, if you had to ask me which of my lunchbox is most valuable, I'd say that. I don't think that's the most valuable lunchbox they made. There's more obscure ones, but that's the most valuable one that I would be interested in. And if you have uh, any of these toys or anything, or if you're you know missing the toys of your youth and want to come check yeah. it out, this is the at the Missouri History Museum. It is a free event Thursday, January 12th at 7 p.m. Uh, you can come on down and see Tom. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more right after this. This is Michelle Nichols, 
and you're listening to Geek to Me Radio. Talking about your Star Trek lunchbox, there's uh, Lieutenant Uhura right there. Yeah. Um, and of course, that was from the marvelous Nerd Year's Eve down in Dallas. Nichelle Nichols was one of the guests. Uh, Chris McQuillan involved in that event. Chris McQuillan also hosts the Toy Man Toy Show, which is coming up here, I believe, this coming Sunday. That's right. At the Machinist Hall, right at the corner of uh, St. Charles Rock Road and 270. Right. Uh, you can head down there. It's uh, an event. Uh, if you Talking about looking for toys, man, that's a, oh, yeah. that's a goal. Obviously, you're going to pay a little. Yeah. It, well, what's it, three or four or five bucks to get in? Um, I've been set up at the Toy Man Toy Show for 26 years. Wow. Uh, believe it or not, I... They had, they had me in the same corner for 26 years, and then this past year they moved me to a different corner for some reason. Apparently I was blocking a – apparently the fire marshal came in and hmm. told me I was blocking an exit. But the Toy Man Show, you know, it's like there's this exhibit at the, at the History Museum called Toys of the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and I've had so many people come up and say, oh, it was just so nostalgic. It was like walking back into my youth looking at all these toys. And I go, well, you ever been to the Toy Man Toy Show? They're like, no. And I go, well, that's what that's like. Yeah. Go to the Toy Man show, and that's just, it's the exact same thing. It's like reliving your youth. And this it's is awesome. what, they've got to be doing this for the past, like, 14, 15, 16 years, Toy Man? So I can't believe oh, 20, people. No, 26 is years. It, oh, wow, well, that long. His dad, toy, Chris McQuillan's that's dad, right. Kent McQuillan, who's deceased now, he started He started it around 1990. Okay. There was a, a, couple, wow. a couple named John and Ann. I can't think of their last names. They ran it for a year, a couple of years before... Toy Man Senior took over, and then uh, Toy Man Chris Toy Man um, helped his dad, and then when his I guess when his dad passed away, gosh, ten or twelve years ago, Chris totally took it over. But yeah, there's if you if you're looking for toys, that's that's a great place to go because they've oh, got them the, across the spectrum, board games, uh, yeah, and it's, everything. It's really one of the best toy shows in the in the in the country. I mean, you, you think every big city has a big toy show like that, but they really don't. St. Louis is unique. People come from all over the Midwest to, to find toys at the St. Louis Toy Man show. And vendors are set up there uh, from all over yeah, too. We have I think do. there's one guy drives in from Indiana to yeah, set up. Yeah. Um, I, I'm one of those people when I do that event, I've, I've set up there a couple times, but I end up, I mm. feel like I buy more stuff while I'm selling than I actually sell. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, oh, me too. I mean, yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah. It's a double edged yeah. sword. Well, I, buy, I try, I try to sell as much as I buy. So I don't at least know, break so even go home with, you know, with, yeah, with something to, to have. Right. You know, the money's not that important. And it's, it's toys. Uh, man, it's a big business. Cause they even had that show on the travel channel, toy man, our toy hunter yeah, with yeah. Jordan Hembro. That's right. And there was uh, a couple of St. Louis guys on that. They, yeah. did, they did a St. Louis episode and they came to the toy man toy show. Yeah. They were yeah, there uh, yeah. filming. I got a picture of uh, him yeah. and his uh, friend yeah. uh, looking for stuff, but that's, it just goes to show that, uh, I guess as we get older, mm. we get jobs where we can afford to buy back our youth, Yeah, <laughs> go out and start buying our toys. Yeah. But then they get all these new toys that are like, ret- like new, retro toys or they're toys that are designed to look like they're from the 60s i mean like they stop like we talk about lunch boxes they stopped making the lunch boxes around 85 mm-hmm. Med- the metal lunch boxes, right. i should say in fact rambo was the last lunch box made fun fact uh, yes fun fact and it was based on an r-rated movie too so here's this thing for <laughs> kids based on an r-rated movie and then they made plastic ones for a while and then but then uh, i guess maybe what 15 years ago they started making collectible metal lunch boxes for for whatever you might be interested now there's a lunch box with no thermos that was the disappointment i (laughs) opened those up where's the thermos well when i was a kid the thermos is the the liners of the thermos were made out of glass really oh yeah so 
everybody rem- everybody my age remembers the day that they dropped their thermos and, and that glass broke. Mm. I remember my I remember breaking the day I broke my Batman thermos. I hung on to the box, but I, that thermos was destroyed. My friend Gary had a Pac-Man lunchbox oh, and yeah. it had the little thermos with it. I think those were yeah. plastic though. Yeah. Well, the, the, the box was metal, drop. but uh, right. the, the thermos was plastic. That's how it was like that on a lot of them. Yeah. I had a Dukes of Hazard lunchbox. Oh, yeah. that, that was mine. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know it's interesting because the last season of Dukes of Hazard, they Tom Wopat and, and John Schneider quit. And That's they brought right. in two other cousins. Yeah, but but they did make they made a, a a final season lunchbox. Did they really? Yeah, they did with those huh. two other actors. But it's it, but they didn't make as many. Uh, I was gonna say that'd be pretty hard to it's find. It's actually a, a, a much rarer piece than the uh, huh. than the regular uh, uh, Dukes of Hazard lunchbox. If you go on eBay and try to find it too, you always have yeah. to type in with thermos yeah. if you really want to make sure you get an authentic uh, <laughs> yeah. authentic box. Those people, but now people sell the thermoses separate as far as the vintage. Yeah, that's true. You it's, can it's, it's a separate item. You always yeah. got to look for those, but yeah. uh, that's if, if I was going to get it because I'm so uh, you know particular, I'd have to have it with the thermos. If I yeah. got otherwise, I don't feel like it's a complete yeah. lunchbox. <laughs> yeah. What about the talking about some of these board games you've got as well? Because I know oh. they based a lot of those on the movies. Oh, they sure did. Uh, there was tons of them. I, I've I've had a lot of board games. I've sold a lot of board games. I've hung on to a few of them. Um, Hasbro made a series of monster board games: Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, Mummy board games. I've got all of those. I've got a Godzilla board game by, made by Ideal in 1964. King Kong board game I, also made by Ideal in 64. But all the, the great TV shows had board games. I've got I've got the Green Hornet board game from '66. Hmm. I've got Land of the Giants. You know, Irwin Allen was this. TV producer and movie producer, and and all those Irwin Allen shows from the '60s. You got Lost in Space, you got the Time Tunnel, you've got Land of the Giants, uh, a couple others. Those are the, they had the best merchandise for those shows. Land of the Giants, especially, I, I love. I've I've got uh, Land of the Giants model kits and and the board games, of course. I don't play them, but um, I, I've got a bunch of them. Lost in Space, I've got the board game on that. I've had a, I've had a lot more over the years. I, you know, I've sort of traded and sold off a few of them so no monopoly has been doing ones lately where they try to uh it's monopoly yeah. but you're playing it in a yeah. this kind of theme or it's a pokemon yeah. theme so i'm i'm curious because obviously we all know the movies uh the mummy and uh dracula yeah. what's the plot of the game you know Any they're, they're really lame I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you that even the artwork on some of the, the boxes isn't isn't great on those particular board games. King Kong and Godzilla were made by a different company, and that works superb. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever sat down and played a game. I'm trying to wonder what could be the yeah. possible uh, motive. You know, yeah. You're trying to bite your it, victim's neck first yeah, before the other players? Or? It's pretty generic stuff, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, I know we had uh, again talking of Dukes of Hazard, and because uh, yeah. I'm I've uh, had almost eighty toys and everything, but there yeah. was a Dukes of Hazard board game I remember sure. where you could uh, you're just going from point A to point B, yeah. and you could either take the highway, which was quicker, or the dirt road, which was slower but had fewer uh, obstacles and <laughs> things like that. Yeah. But uh, that was a fun game, and I remember also there was uh, the electronic board game. I think it was Dark Tower. Mm-hmm. At the big oh, yeah. stand-up tower in the yeah. middle, and you'd press the button, and it would tell you how many things you can move. Yeah, because that was the big thing in the '80s was all the electronic board yeah. games. And they were pretty low tech. For but, yeah, but, you know, considered now, yeah, now, absolutely. yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of glad I, I I was born in '61. If I'd have been born five, six, seven years later, I would have probably been in the more of the video game mm-hmm. generation. But I never played a video game. Really? Yeah, never. Because you know, by the time Pong came out, that was I was already out of high school or in high school, hmm. maybe. So. Uh, yeah, so you, you, you just had to have this is all more hands-on stuff, you know, and it, it was real low tech. I remember there was a, a football game where you would move your football pieces around, but then you have to then they had these little records, and you'd shove these little records, and there would and there would be an announcer, and he would he would call out the play, and it was so huh. 
it was so low tech, but that was the only way they could get sound in the game. This was this was probably early seventies, hmm. you know. Yeah, and all the, I know they had the little Coleco handheld games came yeah. out in that seventies too. They had the my brother had a football one. And I could not yeah. figure it was just a bunch of blinking red lights. Yeah, and then they no had, idea. Then they had the vibrating football games. Remember that one where you would you would plug it in and then you would it would vibrate. You would have these little plastic football players, and then you would hit a switch. And they would they would sort of move around because this board was vibrating, hmm. but they didn't really move forward or backward. They moved wherever they wanted to move, <laughs> and then and then and then. So it's like the Rams, it was, it was then, like basically, a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was on a timer. They would stop, and then that, there's there's where your players were. But those things were really popular, huh? Yeah. We're talking with Tom Stockman from We Are Movie Geeks with the uh, event he's got coming up yeah. down at the Missouri History Museum. We are going to take if another quick break, and we'll be back right after this. Why don't you go where fashion sits? Different types who wear a day coat, pants with stripes, or cutaway coat, perfect fits. Hey, God, Brian, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Listen to Geek to Me Radio, and then try to take over the world. Love The Pinky and the Brain. Yes, Pinky and the Brain. And we are back. On geek to Me Radio, I want to make sure we mention our premier sponsor, the City of St. Charles. Historic Charles.com is the website. I know we just got done with Christmas traditions down there, and we had a lot of visitors down on Main Street in St. Charles. There's always something to do, even if it's not Christmas, though. If you go on their website, historicstcharles.com, you can check out events. There's uh, restaurants to look at. You can plan some shopping. They have a lot of unique shopping experiences down there, places you can go to get stuff that you won't find anywhere else. I know that's where I go for my Jelly Babies and my Jammy Dodgers before I watch Doctor Who. They have the English shop there. Uh, you can get an old-timey photo at the Tin Typery on Main Street as well. Great candy shops. Kilwins is fantastic. Uh, restaurants like Lewis and Clark, Magpies, all sorts of things. And coming up this month, St. Louis Ambush at the Family Arena They've got events going on Friday, January 20th, Sunday, January 22nd. And, of course, there's the Extreme International Ice Racing event going on at the Family Arena as well, Saturday, January 28th. You can check out all these events and more. Plan your trip. Schedule a whole weekend of fun. Go down anytime you want. You can see it all at historicstcharles.com. Very, very proud to have them as the official sponsor of geek to me Radio. And talking about fun events, we've got Tom Stockman with We Are Movie Geeks talking about the uh, event coming up on Thursday, January 12th at 7 p.m. But if you don't want to wait, you can go down and look at some other stuff because the Missouri History Museum has an exhibit called Toys of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And Tom was telling me about some of the danger toys. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a good exhibit. It, but it only runs through January 22nd. It's sort of a short exhibit. I think it went up in early September, and it's only going to be running uh, through the 22nd of this month. So go out and see it while you can. Um, yeah, we were talking about the fun, uh, dangerous toys, the jarts. Remember jarts? <laughs> jarts were basically, lawn, well, lawn darts they were also known as, I guess. But uh, they were just a big dart, big heavy dart. And I think I think a, a, maybe a kid or two got killed by these things or something. <laughs> maybe in the mid-70s or somewhere around then. And they were real popular, but they stopped making them. And then there were the clackers. Clackers were these just these big solid glass balls what could go wrong yeah they were, they were on a, a string or, or each was on a string and then the string was connected to the top so you would cl- you know you would clack them and 
And they're, you know, they were like nunchucks or something, but you could clack them and do things with them. I don't know what you'd do with them, but people were using them as weapons. And then the, the glass would chip and then fly into your eye. And those things were quickly abandoned as well. I can imagine. Yeah. Cause I mean, just yeah. all the, uh, the stuff that people mm. worry about now, yeah. it's nice to know that's been happening uh, for generations. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember when I was a kid, I had a lead soldier making kit and you would have this little mold, a, a metal mold, and then you would, you would boil molten lead on this, <laughs> on this little heater in this little in this little pan and you would pour it into the mold i mean if you got one drop of that melted lead on your on you you would go to the emergency room again what could go wrong we had lead, we had lead yeah. paint in the houses it was uh, yeah. fine yeah. a little more lead won't hurt you we survived <laughs> yeah so it, that's a, and that's a separate they have these grouped off i guess as different yeah, sort things of, they so. sort of have different uh, uh, decades, uh, you know, there, but it, it does go through the seventies. So there are Star Wars. There's a big Star Wars uh, exhibit in there. There's some of the the monster, the, the the Aurora models that I mentioned earlier. There's a bunch of those, but they're not painted very well. I guess maybe mm. they wanted to look like, oh, this is what a model kit would have been look like painted by a, a five year old or something. Mm-hmm. I kind of like my Aurora models painted really nicely, right? Um, but I painted mine as adults, as an adult, I should say. Um, but there's all kinds of stuff in there. It, you know, there's a lot of the Mago figures from the early seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Spider Man and Batman man a lot of the superhero stuff and the monster stuff and you know it's, it's a good variety and but but it's not a local none of the stuff is from are from local collectors it's a it's an exhibit that was at a, another museum i want to say in, in minneapolis maybe hmm. i i don't want to i could be wrong about that but it was an it was an existing exhibit that they brought in i wish they would have done one just gotten some st louis collectors together that would have yeah. might have been more fun yeah especially being a local uh, yeah, event yeah. that'd be kind of cool yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know if I was the people in Minnesota, I wouldn't want to ship my toys yeah. off to St. Louis either. I'd be a little... Yeah, oh, yeah I'm sure they... Insured them. They know what they're doing over there at the <laughs> right. Easter Museum. Yeah, 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 I've worked with them on a couple of projects before. So there were none, none of your toys will be in the collection either since no. they didn't go with anything No, local. but I'm going to bring a couple of my toys when I uh, t- have my lecture on uh, Thursday, January 12th. I'll bring a couple of my surprise toys. Maybe I'll bring my Batman lunchbox there you that, go. I want, that I want my ashes in. With the broken glass thermos? That's right. I don't know what happened <laughs> to the thermos, but I'll bring the lunchbox. And uh, if you're interested, again, that is Thursday, January 12th at 7 p.m. It's a free event mm-hmm. at the Missouri History Museum. That's 5700 Lindell Boulevard, a fantastic venue for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, how did you get hooked up with doing uh, hosting the event? Did they approach you and say, hey, we know you're... Well, I've spoken at the History Museum a, a number of times. Sure. I, I was on your show in September, and I did a lecture on King Baggett, who was mm-hmm. a silent film star from St. Louis, and we had a, a silent film with live orchestra. I've spoken at the museum on the history of the drive-in movie theaters in St. Louis. I've spoken spoke usually about movie things. Um, I gave a speech on the top ten black dresses in movies. Hmm. Um, I guess I, I, take, I, I take a lot of pictures of my collection, and I put them on Facebook all the time, and, and I think I have some friend, Facebook friends that work at the museum that had seen it, and I guess they were looking for uh, people to speak in connection with this exhibit, so they reached out to me and came up with uh, they came up with this title from the screen to the playroom movie TVs and the toys they inspire. I didn't come up with that title, but I kind of like it. Yeah, I like kind of like long winded titles for uh, events like that. But, and uh, such yeah, a, they reached out to me. There's such a great history of uh, yeah. obviously the movies and the TV shows inspiring mm-hmm. toys. I mean, oh, obviously yeah. going all the way back to the, like you said, they yeah. didn't make toys in the 20s and 30s, right. but, but they uh, it came about and they're still. Doing yeah. it, and there's you know there's movie related toys as well. Even even back you know James Bond, they merchandise yeah. the heck out of James Bond. I've got the James Bond lunchbox. It's really cool. One of my favorite toys. It actually has a actually has Goldfinger on one side and Thunderball on the other. So those, know are, those are the two movies they really merchandise. They had a James Bond chess set, and I remember oh, yeah. seeing it as a kid. 
at yeah. uh, West County Mall when yeah. it was uh, before they revamped it. Yeah. And I would love to find one of those because it was so cool. You yeah. had James Bond and Honey Rider were the king and queen. Yeah. And it was Dr. No and Rosa Club were the yeah. black king and queen. They had uh, Q uh-huh. and uh, M for the rooks. It was uh-huh. really, really a neat set. Yeah, so if anyone cool. knows how to get one of those, because yeah. I search eBay every now and then, uh-huh. I don't see it. Uh, you can uh-huh. message me, James at Geek yeah. Me Radio. Dot com. Shoot maybe me an email. Maybe it'll pop up at the Toy Man show. That'd be fantastic. I always look for it, but yeah. I never see it. Yeah, but I collect other things, of course. I collect movie memorabilia. I collect movie posters, monster movie posters specifically from the 50s. and I collect all kinds of stuff. Yeah, the, the monster movie thing alone, you could make a whole oh, uh, yeah. exhibit just out of yeah. monster movie memorabilia. Yeah, in fact, I'm going to show... I, when I when I do this lecture on the twelfth, I'm gonna I'll be I'll be having at least two hundred images. It'll be a PowerPoint presentation that I'll be speaking in front of, and I'll have some images of, of course, all my toys. I'm gonna have some images of my uh, movie memorabilia as well. So again, if you want to check that event out, it's coming up Thursday, January twelfth, seven p.m. Free event at the Missouri History Museum, and of course, go there anytime between now and the twenty second to check out the actual exhibit toys of the '50s, '60s, and '70s. We're gonna take another break. We'll be right back talking with Tom Stockman from We Are Movie Geeks after this. Hello, nurses. This is Wacko of the Animaniacs, and you're listening to Geek to Me Radio. And do you know why? Because you know what's fabu. And talking about toys, uh, Animaniacs, I remember getting those in the McDonald's Happy Meals. They had all the different Animaniacs toys. And I guess to, uh, doing the toys promotionals with the kids' meals, I'm not sure how far back that goes, per se. I remember getting a lot of them yeah. in the 80s. I, well, I know one back in the 70s, definitely. Um, I'm trying to think how yeah. far back I can recollect. I know they had, uh, again, speaking of Dukes of Hazard, because I'm mm-hmm. an 80s child, they had yeah. the lunch, bu- the actual Happy Meal containers yeah. were plastic molds of the different, the, the, the General Lee and oh, the yeah. cop car, and That's you right. could put the stickers on them, and, yeah. they were inside the, and then you lifted the lid to get your yeah. food out. But that was kind of cool. I remember that. Yeah, that would have been early 80s, yeah. I remember in 1976, they had that remake of King Kong mm. with uh, Jeff Bridges and uh, who else was in that? Anyways... Burger King had all these King Kong glasses, and when you ordered yeah. a Coke, they came in these King Kong glasses. They merchandised, merchandised the heck out of that movie, too. Yeah, the glasses were something that McDonald's yeah. did, too. And I know yeah. the, at uh, 7-Eleven, you could get the, the cups. Yeah. The They'd always come out the collectible yeah. cups for the different movies well, and The glasses like were that. made out of real thin glass, too, and they, they broke pretty easily. Yeah. yeah I don't, if you've got some of those, you might want to hang on to them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> those are obviously delicate. Mm. Uh, we were talking also about you've got another event coming up with your uh, 16 millimeter double feature. Yeah, yeah, I do that. Every, I do that the first Tuesday of every month uh, at the Way Out Club, which is located at 2525 Jefferson at the corner of Jefferson and Gravel. I've been doing this for a long time. I used to do Super 8 Movie Madness. I would show movies in condensed format on Super 8 sound film. And then a couple of years ago, I switched over and started doing, actually about one year ago, I started doing 16 millimeter double feature night, and I, I collect film prints. Uh, this is old school stuff. If you're under 40, you probably know what a 16 millimeter print is. <laughs> uh, but back in the old days, if you wanted to watch a movie, you know, they didn't have, this is back in the days before VHS, you have to find a, you know, wait for it to come on TV, or you'd have to find a 16 millimeter print. So I collect 16 millimeter prints, as do a couple of, friend of my, friends of mine that live locally. So... Uh, the first Tuesday of every month, we kind of pool our collection and we figure out what we can show. And uh, we've been doing that for a while. We just had a, a show this week. We showed Bonnie and Clyde from 1967. Mm. Uh, that that looked great. And we showed um, My Blood Runs Cold, which is a thriller from the mid-60s, which I had never seen. It was very interesting. And I, my next show is 
February 7th, and we are showing the 1982 comedy Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy in Trading Places, <laughs> which takes place at Christmas time. I'm surprised that's not recognized more a as a Christmas movie, right? It's yeah. a Christmas movie. It was really, really popular movie in the 80s. It used to run on when HBO first came on. It was on all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it hasn't really been shown as much in the past few years, so I think uh, people might get a kick out of seeing Trading Places again. And Jamie Lee Curtis, of course, is mm. in um, And then that'll be double feature... That'll that'll start at eight o'clock, and then uh, at about ten o'clock we'll show a sort of a really interesting sort of a southern fried gothic car culture movie from nineteen seventy five called Macon County Line. Uh, if you're my age, you may remember this movie. It was really really popular in the seventies, just popular drive-ins and things like that. And it stars Max Bayer, who played uh, Jethro Bodine on the old Beverly Hillbillies yes. show, and he plays the sheriff. It's a very serious film. Um, he plays a sheriff who goes after these two brothers who. He thinks his wrong to them. Really intense film. So that's a that'll be about ten o'clock, and it is free, and we we don't charge admission. We do set out a a donation jar uh, to take donations for the National Children's Cancer Society, a worthy local based uh, St. Louis based charity. Absolutely. So the uh, the sixteen millimeter movies you have, are those hard to come by? Or do you, are you still yeah. kind of collecting them? Or are they? Yeah, no, I, I I still collect them. I just picked up a print of Chato's Land with Charles Bronson just a couple hmm. days ago. Um, they're not super hard to come by. Not, not not that many people collect them anymore. The problem with sixteen millimeter, especially color films, is that the color is faded on most of them. Mm. Probably about eighty percent of them, the color is just faded, so they're real red or they're pink because. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't use a very stable film stock, unless they used uh, what's called a low fade film stock, and so the low fade prints tend to go really high because people really want those. The Bonnie and Clyde we showed the other day looked beautiful. Hmm. Um, my making County Line it looks pretty good, but um, sometimes you'll get a print and it's just it's just so red. It's like what's the point of watching it? You'd be better off just popping in your Blu-ray, right? Um, but but there are collectors out there. You know, it, it seems it seems it's really old school, and it seems like what's the point? But I really enjoy watching film prints. It's just something nostalgic and real about it. So, someone who's not been to one of these, what could what would the uh, noticeable difference be for them if they're coming into seeing these versus obviously without talking about the digital and everything? Like they remember yeah. going to see movies back in the well eighties. For one thing, you can hear the projector, the projector <laughs> click clacking away if you're sitting too close to it. Um, you know, you know, they're not pristine like a Blu-ray would be. There's gonna, they always have a scratch or two going on. A hair might get stuck in the projection gate, and we got to stop it and get our can of air and blow the hair out. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's the same movie. Sometimes we get, some, although sometimes we, we do get TV prints. A lot of the 16 millimeter prints are are TV prints. So sometimes the the violence or or nudity might be cut out. Although I know Trading Places is uncut, hmm. and so is Making County Line. But we showed one. Uh, couple months ago called Capone which I had seen at the theater when I was a kid and, and I remember this one a nude scene from Susan Blakely it really stuck with me and uh so there's it's kind of a funny story she's in she's in bed with Ben Gazzara who's playing Al Capone and she gets out of bed and she's completely naked and I, I'd seen that at the theater when I was like 13 so it always stuck with me and I hadn't seen the movie since so I'm watching that scene on the 60 millimeter print she's in bed with Ben Gazzara she gets out and she's wearing a nightie they had filmed an alternate take, huh. and they used to do that a lot. They they would they filmed, you know, the, the nude scene, and then they went back and they filmed a scene with her wearing a nighty, so so they could edit it into the TV print. Huh. So uh, that was kind of disappointing. <laughs> we uh, might you might find the original out there still. You never yeah, know. yeah, you never know. We're gonna take our last break, and then we'll be back wrapping things up with Tom Stockton from We Are Movie Geeks talking about the from screen to the playroom movies, TVs, and the toys they inspire at the Missouri History Museum Thursday, January twelfth. Stand by. 
Wrestling Cool Listening. Hi, this is Burt Ward, Robin the Boy Wonder from the TV series Batman. You're listening to Geek to Me. Golly gee willikers, it's fantastic. My executive producer, Joey, picked that one special for the Batman lunchbox that Tom yeah. Stockman was talking about in the 60s TV series. You said you had a uh, your best toy hunting oh, story. Yeah, yeah, I was talking earlier about you know the thrill of the hunt and eBay's. It, you know, it, was, it was a lot different back in the old days when you had to go to flea markets and garage sales and hunt this stuff down. Now you sit at your computer and, and hunt this stuff right. down and click and buy. If you got the money, you buy it. Uh, but back in those days, but I remember I was out at the... Um, Peevely Flea Market. There used to be this flea hmm. market uh, at 55 in Peevely, Missouri. And it was a pretty good flea market. It was kind of run down. I was out there one Saturday morning, and I'm wa- and people were set up outside and walking up and down the aisles. And this guy had um, he had the Munster's Lunchbox. And I was, one, I was collecting, I was really hardcore into lunchboxes. And that was one I really wanted was the Munster's. And he had it there at his booth, but it was full of cash. And he was using it as his change cash box. Oh. And I said, oh, you, you want to sell me that... Uh, Munster's lunchbox? He goes, nope, no, I'm using it as my cash box. I go, well, come on, man. I, I, I really want it. I collect these things. Come on. He goes, well, I guess I can sell it to you. He goes, how about $3? Oh, my gosh. So I'm like, okay. So I gave him a $3, and he empties his cash out of it and hands me the lunchbox. And I couldn't believe I scored this Munster's <laughs> lunchbox for $3. So I'm, I'm, like, shaking, and I was so excited. And I'm, walking, and I'm walking away, and I'm walking down the next aisle. And then all of a sudden, I hear him. He's going, hey, hey, and I, I turn around, and here's this guy who had just sold me the lunchbox, and he's, he's running towards me. And I'm like, oh, no, he's got seller's remorse or something. And he goes, hey, you forgot the thermos. And he hands me no the thermos. No way. <laughs> yeah, he just hands me the thermos, and he gave it to me. So things like that don't ever happen anymore, but they did. This is probably 30 years ago that happened. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. there's always that story, that your, yeah. uh, your, your <laughs> toy that you found that you got yeah. a great story about, how, yeah. how you got it and everything yeah. like that. Um, that's, yeah, I, I, the lunch boxes are something I had a few of, but I never mm-hmm. got that much into, but you could spend so much money if you oh, tried yeah. to collect, I mean, across oh, sure. the board, all the yeah. stuff there is out there to get. Oh, My goodness yeah. gracious. Yeah. But yeah, I've got the, uh, complete Bionic 6 collection from the 80s, and those are part die cast, which was uh-huh. rare for 80s toys. Yeah. But they made them with the die cast metal, uh, yeah, yeah. in the figures. And I've got that entire collection. That's probably my... My prize, and of uh, course, the superpowers collection from Kenner mm-hmm. in the 80s with Superman, Batman, with the power action, yeah. you squeeze their legs together and they do a <laughs> little action punch or something. That, yeah. Those are my, my gems of my collection. Uh, no doubt. It's great. Everybody but, loves their toys. And if you love your toys, remember, once again, this is an event from the screen to the playroom, movies, TV, and the toys they inspire at the Missouri History Museum. It's coming up Thursday, January 12th, 7 p.m. It's a free event. At the Missouri History Museum, 5700 Lindell Boulevard. And, of course, all the way through January 22nd, you can go to the museum, check out their exhibit, Toys of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Tom, if people want to find you on the web, how can they do that? I have a website, wearemoviegeeks.com. And I'm always uh, writing articles about various movie-related events going on in here in St. Louis. There's always... You know, if you're a movie buff, St. Louis is a great city to live in. There's always interesting movie events going around in town. Not not just my 60-millimeter show, but midnight shows and shows that, you know, Schlafly, Webster U has mm-hmm. a great film series, et cetera, et cetera. But I cover all that stuff at my website, and I review new movies and articles about movies coming up and things like that. So you can check all that out and more. And, of course, we encourage you to follow us at geek to me radio on twitter instagram pinterest and facebook.com slash geek to me radio if you have an event you'd like us to cover you can shoot me a message on there facebook.com slash geek to me radio we're out of time tom stockman thanks for coming in thanks for having me we'll be back next week with more on geek to me radio it's not in the way you watch i
Thank you, St. Louis. Good night. <laughs>